and welcome back fuck the intro what's good this is your bonus motherfuckers this is your bonus <laughs> you, hear that you already know what it is what's goody <laughs> it's your you, three you already know what time it is it's your three favorite faces what the fuck is up yeah predict these predict these intros now <laughs> uh, kevin got burned when we messed up his well, two episodes ago yep. <laughs> I, I re-watched that that segment like five times i was like motherfucker oh that's so funny <laughs> ew he was in the labs cooking up a new intro after that just mad i'll teach you to talk over me <laughs> i was like am i that pretty am i that predict no 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 that Wait, no, but it's that. actually super helpful because like for people who aren't used to us it gives them like uh, a consistent experience enter. yeah enter. except this one because this one is for our lovely followers in celebration of the end of season two we wanted to do as a bonus episode but if you're on youtube it's clearly recorded immediately after our last uh. episode <laughs> um but uh, we're doing an Ask Me Anything, which we did get some cool questions for. So we're just going to blow through all of them in about 30 to 40 minutes. 30 to 40 minutes per question. So yeah. bottomless style. So the first question is, if you were able to teach something to the, gener- to the general population and they would actually retain your teachings, what would it be slash why? This one feels pretty daunting. Yeah, damn, you started heavy. You started heavy. I know. Bottomless. Bottom. Um, I would teach. Now, this isn't my only answer, but I'm just gonna go ahead and give one. But like, I would teach, um, how to how to think about the question before starting to think about answers and not that i'm an expert at that but it doesn't say you have to it's implying that you could teach it so it's both what i would like to teach and what i would be able to (laughs) know enough to teach (laughs) damn it mine's too similar the one that i mainly went to i don't want to i'll think of something else i was gonna say teach uh how to listen which I feel like is you pretty similar. You should teach a master class on that. You just sit and listen. No, I'm kidding. Um, but like how, I guess, no, I feel like this makes it sound too daunting. How to listen is the best. I was going to broaden it to like how to engage, but that's a heavy lift that I can't guarantee that I could teach. But I think how to listen specifically would be something mm-hmm. that would be interesting to attempt to teach. Mm. How to police your own tone. It's, it's me in the flesh. I am him and he is I. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I think, like, Vince Vince has seen me scream on people, like, in the first year internship. Vince has seen. So, I, I and, and with him, I'm so a little crazy. Like, within the context of the safety of me, me, him, and Jojo's relationship, I'm very, like, um, wild. But I think I just, des- not from Vince, I deserve credit just from the universe um, because, like, I've learned whether I'm t- like, I've learned to make kids in my youth group, which is like, I-, I learned how to relate to them as humans and treat them as contemporaries and not children, not talk to them. And they've told me that before. I've learned how to beget favor and kindness and, 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 fa- and like acceptance from authority figures. I've learned how to like 
talk to people who I have no cultural, like they're into like Star Wars and Star, and I'm into like none of those. And I've learned how to like, you, you can't find me someone unless they actively are trying to not like me that I can't, I can't make them like be get kind, like be get um, that like their goodwill and to like, like I, you put me in a room with anyone. And if I have to, whether it's because of work or whether it's because of like, I'm just trying to be a kind person. And I'm like, man, you don't, you just don't tr treat everyone as if they're having a bad day is kind of like how I subconsciously treat people um, like a level of kindness. You can't find someone that you put me in a room with. And unless I'm purposely being a brat, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make everyone I'm around feel a sensation of good energy. If like, it's just, it's like shallow relationship or in a room and you just met someone it's like, this is going to be a quick interaction. I'm, I might, I might not ever see them again. Just leave a good impression, leave a kind impression, leave a favorable, like make the add value to their life. Even if it's just a momentary fleeting, good emotion. Um, but seriously, like, like, man, sometimes we're frustrated. Sometimes we're not patient. Sometimes we're unkind. Sometimes we're awkward and shy. Um, and, and Vince probably learned this from, from being a, from being a waiter. I learned this from being a receptionist. Like we, you, we police our tones based on who you're talking to your boss. Your and Leslie shout and out to IHOP's favorite waitress. So you, you learn, right. You learn. So all that to say, like, I would, man, I would teach people like you, like, yeah, if you're talking to authority, it's important talking to like kid, like kids knowing they're being condescended. It's important. Um, and when you're talking to people you just don't know, like that you seem like, man, this motherfucker's a nerd or they're just not like me or they're weird or they're like, you put, you put, you, man, you, you, you strip away all this shit and you police, not police your tone to be fake. You police the rudeness out of your tone. You police the impatience out of your tone. You police all the, like the, the unbecoming things that just make us human impatience, unkindness, rudeness out of your, out of your tone. And it accomplishes a lot more when you police it. Like it, it's, it's unpopular. Fuck Twitter and fuck Instagram. Ah, totally, totally. But like Vince policed my tone with Jojo and it worked. Like he was right and it worked and I was wrong. I love that journey for you. Also, I love the seeing that journey. I can think across from my journey where I've exercised some of my, it's not the same thing, but I've exercised some of the less substantive kindness that I feel like I valued a lot more which I've talked about I feel like a lot about like southern mm. fake kindness yeah. so it's just funny because I feel like it's it's not it, it's not actually the opposite of that journey but it, it feels like a bit of a opposite motion mm. on Who's that note next one? yeah <laughs> um do y'all have back burner or peripheral or percolating dreams that are for not right now? If so, what? And then I guess I'll, I'll go first since I read the question. Maybe that would be some form for us. Um, one that most people that know me know is that I always, not always, but I've, at least for the past 10 years or so, opening my own cafe coffee or shop. coffee shop. Yeah, has, I knew it. <laughs> has been uh, a dream or goal that's been on my mind and that hasn't gone anywhere um so I definitely want to have my own coffee shop you know employ my family my friends like my friends that cook well like have them come do the baked goods go on like a little coffee journey in South America and curate some coffee that's a dream one that's probably as of maybe a year or two ago that not everyone does know is that I have been digesting this like dream of, and you both know, actually of working on a documentary, like writing and producing oh. a documentary would be, would be really sick. Um, something 
that has to do with like the intersection of like art most likely music most likely something like hip-hop or punk um but intersecting that with like the historical conditions in which gave rise to those cultural effects that's what i initially was thinking for the genre of documentary but we'll see we'll see what that turns into I'll just say that I'm so happy that the coffee shop dream hasn't gone anywhere because I remember when you first talked about it you know I just like wasn't sure because it's like yeah like a decade ago I wasn't sure if it was one of those like sweet little dreams you have in high school that you know just inevitably fade away as time goes on but I'm so happy that I have my future favorite coffee shop hey look forward to um uh one that um most people know that in life I want to create picture books but not as many people know because it's kind of newer but I just have been thinking lately how I do want to have a published work that isn't um isn't in the children's literature landscape like I still want to do that but Mm. yeah like I don't know I just feel like um, I've always known like throughout life I'll write, but I've never felt strongly before the last maybe couple years of thinking about like what I want to actually publish something long form. I've been feeling like I do want to do that. Um, so oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But I guess that's not exactly a not right now, but it's more just like a long stretched out unless maybe I end up deciding to dedicate an intense period of time. Um, Like I have thought about after this job, applying to a fellowship or something where I could just be paid to like write or paid to work on a specific project. But in the absence Mm -hmm. of that, then it would just be like sort of along over the years as I hit those strides, Mm -hmm. accumulating, accumulating, and then editing, and then having something that I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is worth putting out. Study under a Paris, like go to Paris and actually like spend like a year or more studying, like actually cooking in the kitchen, studying under like a, a head chef. Ooh, me. And then you come back and make yes. some fucking croissants at my cafe. Let's go. <laughs> I do a reading there. Oh my God. Like- hey. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our 40s mapped out. <laughs> Ooh, that would be good. Specifically Paris. You like french cuisine yeah because like when i studied cullen like uh when i studied culinary in 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 high school and then i went to a couple ftcc classes paris is everything that um higher education in america for culinary arts is based upon is based upon uh french uh french art like how the french do it Mm -hmm. like the french make the best the french the italians make the best suits the french make the best cuisine like there's certain areas of the world that america's make america makes the best rock stars like so there's something about France that is the epitome of the hierarchy. They've mastered to like the down to like the 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 glaze, like the the sauces. Um, and so like that man, they just master the art. And so like I, it's it's like teach me, sensei. Like please, uh, please, please give me your secrets. <laughs> On that note, I happen to have met an influx of French people in my life recently. 
um, not just on that trip I recently took, but then I met some more like a, a few weekends ago. And I have to say the stereotype about cheese seems to be true across the seven French people that I have now met in the last couple just, of months. <laughs> just like a strong love of cheese and a very discerning palate. <laughs> is there anything better than fucking a, a, a cheese board with wine? Like name me one thing that's better on God's green yes, earth. Yes, with nope. a prosciutto if you Ugh. eat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Some olives, get that like, yeah, man. Get some uh, vinegar and some baguettes and it's like get some pickled beets. Oh, some pickles. Uh, Just pickled anything. So good. This, okay, yeah. next next question. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I don't I'm not a big fan surprise, of Vincent. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of pickled things, to be honest. I love pickled things. Oh god, is this the end of our friendship? This <laughs> well, thank you for listening <laughs> to the bottom of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right kev it's you uh what outfit or hairstyle make looks or makes you feel most yourself tight ripped jeans or like you know like overdone jeans but like tight distressed ripped jeans uh oversized plain t-shirt no branding no branding on t-shirt no branding on jeans and then yeezy shoes Wait, what about the haircut oh shit um like when my hair's like long and fluffy and flowy and shit right like like yeah poofy yeah 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 yeah. Swoopy like in high school. Yeah, yeah Rico, Rico, Rico Swap. Wait, you said like a high school? <laughs> Not in high school. Wasn't it like relaxed in high in school? High school. Uh, oh, Vince, no. what's your favorite hairstyle? <laughs> yeah, on that note, Vince's favorite hairstyle. <laughs> My Rico Suave. <laughs> Most yourself. You know, I feel pretty confident when I have my fresh mustache, freshly shaved, uh, got my black tee on with some black slacks and my uh, Converse. You do like I that. Feel, I, feel, uh, I feel most myself. The only thing that, that keeps me lacking is that I imagine that I'm done getting tattoos, so I have a lot more tattoos, which would bring the outfit together, and I'm not there yet, but mm. mentally I am there. What about your hair? Uh, I don't really care about my hair that much, to be honest. I guess what it is now, just with a clean fade. Okay. All right. Um, to be the annoying one, it is hard for me to just be like, oh, there's one. Because something I've always felt like, something I have always, and I'm sure both of you can attest to this from knowing me since the time that we were like teenagers in high school, is I do have a pretty broad spectrum for how I like to present. And like, I just feel like if you're gonna assign certain aesthetic things to like how I dress or how I do my hair or like, I mean, yeah, those are the main ones. Like, you have to know me for a while. Like, you know, like you just do because there is a big breadth. So, but there is one thing that stays consistent always the Jesus sandals. You mean my Birkenstock? <laughs> no, those got phased out actually like years ago. We just haven't they, been living in the same place. Uh, I feel like they're so you though. Weren't you wearing them when I saw you? Well, I guess maybe not. No, no, I had graduated to those Velcro strap. You know those sandals that oh, have the strap by yeah, the toes yeah. and then the strap like across the ankle so you're secured in? I do remember those. I think just sandals across the board. Yeah, I do like a good sandal. Um, but I just really like either like probably some of my most comfortable like feeling like myself are like clothes I can move in. So like a good pair of like 
fitted enough but like loose enough to move around pants that are kind of like like kind of like dancey looking like you can you know it's like they're 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 cute but like you can move and then just like a solid like (laughs) t-shirt um and then like a actually oh dear it's like exactly what I'm (laughs) you're just describing your current outfit or just like a good (laughs) dress with tennis shoes and my hair down like I love that feeling Mm -hmm so much so yeah okay okay of your friends who would you pick to compete with you on family feud what is family feud i've never even watched it it's a game show yeah it's It's a a trivia trivia based show yeah doesn't it have to be your family so it's for this for this question let's say no who's good at who's really good at trivia honestly not me honestly not me either so i I should not be in either of your answers i'll tell you that well the the have you you guys because family feud is a steve harvey show right Mm -hmm. have you guys seen like some of the clips it's not like actual trivia it's like what are four things that you put in your pocket oh yeah and then survey says it's like the top four or five like four reasons why steve harvey is like handsome it's like he's bald he has a mustache he's tall he's he's black it's like what it's like it's like who 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 populated these answers wait how do they probably don't want me who wins if the answers or the questions are subjective oh so like for example like so you would so you would say something like um four things you four things you have before you leave the house wallet keys phone um uh shoes and then literally like it's literally the subjectiveness of whoever populated the answers but how many how many answers match from what you said to the board then that adds up to points and then it goes to your team like you have your family on one side their family and then whoever gets the most points i think actually wins the game but the, so- answers are, the answers are weighted because it's from a survey so the most oh. selected answer oh, except who does the surveys i don't know but they say it's a survey and they say survey says so we'll take their word for it but I'm going with Tim. Tim Caldwell. Y'all got me fucked up. Tim is, is he me. good at trivia? And y- y- like, yeah, like, but again, it's not trivia. Like, what, like, what, mm-hmm. what city did George Washington take in nine? It's like, no, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that kind of shit. Tim, like, Tim would kill in that kind of scenario. I'm picking Tim. I would uh- pick. Uh. I think Tiff and Kaylin, they both seem like Ooh, Tiff would they have be. good recall or good memory recall or like think quickly. And Kaylin would just, I don't know Kaylin that well about the trip, but Kaylin would just seems like he'd be super fun to do. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he's, he, he's good at those type of games. Um, Kaylin is cocaine in human form. Go ahead, Leslie. Oh. <laughs> Probably my friend Kotal name. They just like have such a vast repository of knowledge like either oh. either jesse kramer or Kotone. and not just because i'm so close to jesse but she really does like she and she thinks oh. through things like she would think about like well what would the people what would the majority of people think and blah, 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 if it's survey based uh, okay also i have to circle back real quick because i really meant to say this on the outfit question to extend my annoyingly long answer and say <sighs> this is a good opportunity to also insert a bit of my like musing on personal growth during season two and I have changed in that I've just, I've just embraced more of like, I'm just a lot more comfortable, like in my body and in like my sexuality and in like everything else. And like, it has been a marked difference in like my preference for like how I present. 
And I've just like really noticed it. And it's been like really beautiful and healing. So I wanted to like have a record of that in our season two. We're like, I love that. Oh, I just feel more integrated with my, my physical body, honestly. And it, it has affected the way that I like, that I feel comfortable, you know, presenting in clothes and different stuff. And it's a good feeling. And I wish that for everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting one. How does your creative resistance manifest? What the fuck does that even mean, man? Your creative resistance. Does that mean something spe- specific or just in general? Who wrote this? This one. Uh, Alex. Alex, what the fuck does creative resistance <laughs> mean? <laughs> I feel like that's your your ethos, Kevin. Creative resistance? Okay, one of you define creative resistance. I'm just taking it at face value, so I don't know if he meant it in a way different to this, but I, I, I imagine like the way you resist or another word would be like uh, some prefer like protests, but doing so th- through what you produce creatively oh. or how do you challenge challenge whatever challenge x or y through the things that you produce is how i took it okay at least that makes sense oh that's uh, oh that's not how i read it at all that makes way more how did you read it maybe i'm reading it i just read it as like um resistances that you build into your creative practice to help feed your creativity Cause like to me, which actually does tie into, it kind of answers Mm. the question, but like to me, inherent to creativity means you need to like build resistances for your natural flow so that you can explore other flows, Mm. you know? Um, hmm. Do I manifest creative resistance? Oof, that's a bigger question. my simple answer is that in general I probably manifest creative resistance by both not really caring about um like how popular what I create is and then actively like that's just something I want to continue to cultivate not because Again, uh, I kind of I mentioned this on our <clears throat> on one of our lives in between the seasons, but it really isn't about wanting to like be different or like oh I just want to be someone who's real as a rule breaker. I just like wish the rules weren't there, and like for me, I don't enjoy like the ideas around uh, a lot of a lot of the ideas around like what makes art valuable or meaningful, um, especially in correlation with like how how many people it happens to resonate with even though there's a beautiful side to that. So just in the fact of like uh, making and sharing stuff that like is unattached to how many people it happens to resonate with, um, Mm -hmm. uh, resisting an idea of creating for maximal engagement and more like, I'll just make what really resonates with me. And if it really resonates with one other person, then that's really beautiful to me. Yeah. I think for me, um, and actually, Alex, shout out to this question, because assuming that we're interpreting it the right way, but the way that we're interpreting this question, shout out, because I think this is 
timely because I feel like what I would say is any sort of creative resistance have, has subsided a bit over the past couple of months and it's been bothering me. But I think for me, if I were to have someone, it would just be like producing or moving in a way that's authentic and with as minimal conscious, conscious translation from the things that I'm seeing or feeling or attempting to articulate. And there's minimal translation to how that turns into what I'm producing or saying or creating. And I feel like that, that authenticity is an, an, an integrity to things as I see them is in itself a, a bit of resistance, if that makes sense. When you say little transition between the thing that you're seeing and then like what you output, like, can you give one example? Mm. I don't know if I can think of one. I mean, I, I feel like I've said off pod to Leslie, like, I just hate everything I say now. <laughs> like, as soon as I, as soon as it leaves my mouth. And I have also said that off pod to, and on uh, pod. <laughs> probably. So as soon as it leaves my mouth, I, I hate it. Um, so in anticipation of that, there's like additional considerations of how to express things. Because um, in a way, this podcast is something that we're producing and it is like a creative expression. Um, so for me, uh, minimizing that process of translation and just sticking to the integrity of whatever is actually in here and being authentic in that is in itself, uh, I think, creative resistance, especially because a lot of things that we all say on this podcast or we all just inherently think or the things that inform the what, what we do and how we produce often is challenging or resistant to something whether it's like a status quo or like a popular idea or like even less challenging the ways in which uh, like our relationship with art like you just mentioned just operating in a way that's authentic to that is in itself a resistance and sub sub subversive um mm. so yeah I think that's how I resist um, and I would like to lean into that a bit more. I love that. No, 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 no. Uh, but uh, how does my creative resistance manifest? Um, I live in a constant state of upsetness of status quo, whether it's status quo of my own life, whether it's status quo with how poetry is. With I always live in a constant state of unrest about the status quo in multiple spheres. And I don't actually begin to, to create unless I'm like at unrest about something, whether it's a positive unrest, like there's an excitement to go higher because man, I can now reach the next wrong or whether it's, I want to tear something down. Um, so I, it, it's it, the creativity is a consequence of the resistance of like wanting to strive for more or wanting to break something down that needs to be torn out of the fucking shelving. <clears throat> Alex, that was irresponsible. Next question. Um, it also kind of reminds me. Never mind. We're not going to turn this political. And I forgot we're on a different episode, so cut this no, out do because it, do it. no, it's going to tie to. It's going to confuse. Or I'm crossing streams. It it reminds me a bit though. We can cut this out of part of the. We're not going to cut it out. Just say the damn no, thing. No, we're cutting out. Sorry. Cut it. Cut. <laughs> cut. Cut. I'm gonna cut this Cut. 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 Um, like a part of the creative resistance for any artist that's responding to like the current crisis in Israel and Palestine is that authenticity sorry I'm actually just looking back to what I said to speak clearly because I feel like I didn't say it clearly but like it, it is creative resistance to produce something that speaks 
with authenticity to how how upsetting it is or how unjust it is and and there's an integrity of speaking to what frankly is like very clearly in front of our eyes and not getting sucked into the translation of like popular narrative or the prevailing media narrative of like it's like both sides or like really it's more sucking Israel's dick than anything else but to speak authentically to that and have integrity in that is in itself a form of creative resistance um and like has implications on the form of the things that you create sorry I don't know why I felt the need to circle back to my answer but Mm -hmm. here we are we're cutting that out anyway so it doesn't matter all right next question what is your view on upgrading relationships i.e who was this i.e determine when it's time i.e determine when it's time to move on versus grow together this is her fucking albatross as it actually wasn't tiffany (laughs) it was tiffany i'm sorry jess it was it was not tiffany who was it 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 was alex these are alex's question i didn't mix them up so tiffany was the first alex you redeemed yourself Oh, God. Hey, yo, hey, yo, Alex, my answer to this question is, uh, uh, damn, what was the exact statement? There's an exact quote from a philosopher who I love deeply, um, who said, um, if we ain't busy, f- oh, never mind, wrong one. Yeah, no, no, that one too, that one too. If we ain't busy fucking, then I am fucking busy. Um, no, the other philosopher said, uh, Damn, y'all go, y'all go. I gotta think of the, I gotta think of the, I gotta think of the quote. Y'all go, y'all go. So, what is your view on upgrading relationships? I.e., how do you determine when it's time to move on versus grow together? I don't like a slight nitpick of the question. I don't really like the like the phrasing of upgrade relationships because it gives me like this like commodified relation, like relationship to relationships. Um, it's probably not how he meant it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but that's like a common, I feel like, way of phrasing. So I, I generally don't like the implication of it. But I, I definitely think that, um, in your journey through life, the the adventure that is our existence, at this the point of practicing for when he's a dad, so already sounding like a dad speech. Yes, uh, for my future children. Uh, you know, it's funny. One of the probably the the main things I took away from my dad um, was actually about this specifically, about always taking inventory of like the people around you. And like he would always ask me, like, is that really your friend? Like, who really are your friends? So it's funny you say that. That might be wow. the biggest thing that I've taken away from my, my father. Um, but broadly speaking, I think in the journey through life, the people the relationships around you should be relationships that lubricate that journey and propel that journey and make that journey more fulfilling. And I think at the point that any relationship poisons the well or like provides resistance, I think that's a fair enough catalyst to re-examine um, the relationship. And it might not even be like a, as simple as like, upgrading the sense of like disposing relationship but re-examining what you you're relate? looking yeah how you um, relate what are you seeking to get out of that relationship hmm. and I feel like at any point you hit that that in your journey it's a fair conversation and to be honest like I think that counts with for like family as well I mean I I think that really is hmm. something that that is that, that doesn't discriminate you know 
but I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, yeah. I think for me, it doesn't necessarily have to do with lubrication, which was an interesting choice of words. <laughs> Speaking of the connotations of words. Why? Why, Leslie? Yeah, what is wrong with lubrication? Why is because it, why is it, it just sounds slippery and slidey and like, you know, it is not the word that I would associate with the entity. Isn't that is life needed. like one great big slip and slide that you go through with people? It is. <laughs> Don't you do that, Squint. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I would say, actually, for me, if someone is providing resistance, which maybe this isn't what you meant, Vincent, but that's not necessarily something that makes me think about changing the way I relate to them because I actually, like, enjoy a good resistance. Well, and you probably meant, like, really unhealthy resistance as opposed to, like, what I'm... Well, it depends on what you mean by resistance because there's like a static resistance that challenges you and makes you better and that process is propelling you forward still in the journey of life. Mm -hmm. But there's resistance to that movement that isn't propelling you forward. I I feel like that kind of resistance I'm referring to. Because there's there's an example of it not being static and it's still resistance in that like it's someone that makes you feel good but is pulling you back. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I can definitely see that one. It's still not where my mind would go for like, what is the thing that makes me um, kind of make determinations about like moving on or moving further away versus like continuing to actively grow together. Um, My main thing would probably be uh, uh, that I don't usually actively feel like I make a decision. It more just like, happens and I feel kind of bad about it because you know okay use the words I'm using the words okay like for example one of my best friends at some point to me it just felt like such a truth and it was like so obvious like I guess you could say like we don't align really like anymore Uh, like we don't really resonate like this is an authentic like yeah we're just Mm -hmm. maintaining the relationship because we've had one but like we both know and I just kind of like in in um combination with other factors which one of them was mental health like I was going through a patch in, in college but I just like stopped talking to the person and it was like three or four years before I like and like you know I just kind of was like, I couldn't like it just, and that's not the right way to do it. But like, and there's less extreme examples, but usually for me, it's just like, I kind of skip it. You know, I'm just like, if, if it's obviously, you know, and then that way we can be what we are, which is like, if we talk once a year, that's great. And and you can actually still be really close to someone and talk once a year. It's just a different kind of closeness and like, you know, tea i think i know who you're referring to yeah which i actually caught up with her during the pandemic and like it was really great um yeah oh yeah not leslie making me sad during our fun episode oh sorry because <laughs> that, that shit because like that the way you just you, you just admitted and put into words something that is like i think fuck what anyone else i'm going to assume that everyone who's 
that a vast majority of our generation feels that way. But for me, it resonates so deeply and it's awkward. And sometimes it can be shameful to admit that and to articulate that, but then to not articulate it feels oppressive. But that's that feeling of, you, you know, whoever it is on either side of the friendship knows where things are. Cause you can, you can sense energy and you can sense yeah, energy in the ecosystem. And, and if you're not a sociopath, in many cases you would have the conversation, right? But there's just some cases and it's rare and it hasn't happened in a while where it's just like, but I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know if that's how I'd handle it now. It's but, been a but, while since I, yeah. But the reason, the reason it's awkward is because if you're the one knowing you have to have the conversation, you're already braced. Okay, we can't. We can't. This, this is a fun episode. This is an yeah, AMA. Yeah, I can't get. Uh, I can't get heavy. But say, it, it makes you. It makes me sad that you feel shame. I mean, I think there are no, like heavy examples of that. But also, like I'm thinking of one example too that was relatively recent, and we also didn't have like no parting conversation. But I also think it doesn't have to be something shameful. Also, if I'm right, assuming I know what Leslie's referring to, I feel like there's this sense again of life is a journey, and I think it's the the capsule of the time with that relationship doesn't have to be any less sweet those memories don't have to be any less wholesome or like fulfilling you but motherfuckers talk like this because you're the bearer of the news in these relationships or if you're the one receiving the news i can i can how, think of multiple examples of growing apart from people cut. because of how we yeah. are because of how we are like i don't think any of us are dependent Imagine if you're dependent, how, how shocking and like fucking bracing that is to like have a friend or a, or a romantic, anyone come to you and t- like, you live in this reality where like, okay, we can't, it's AMA, it's AMA, I can't do this shit, man. <laughs> Move to the next question, man. All right, next question. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know what. Who asked that question? That shit triggered me, yo. Who asked that question? I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're walking out with this one, but next one, who's up to asking a question? Oh, wait, I didn't, I didn't answer. Um. Uh, we so how do you know when it's time to move on from my personal how you know it's time to move on or upgrade we are as, every human being in the world general statement is as loyal as their options romantically i'm gonna i'm gonna answer this question the way the asker wanted it to be answered i'm gonna be shock value i'm gonna be inappropriate on pc every human being in the world romantically is as loyal as their options that's when you know it's time to move on you got a better option you move on However you interpret better option, money, looks, compatibility, uh, whatever. So yours loyal is your options. Usually, typically, in my, in my experience, typically with men, it's looks. With women, it's money. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of thoughts there, but I won't belabor this question since yeah. <laughs> you're on shaky ground. I think, Leslie, it's your turn to answer, ask a okay. question. What is your guiding principle? Ikigai, purpose, North Star. Um, Wait, Leslie, stop. Vince, what's the definition of ikigai? Leslie, don't say nothing. Uh, I had to look it up when he asked it, but I know it's like another version of hiding principle. I had to make sure it wasn't like a... Never mind, I'm not going to make that joke. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, if anybody else has, I mean, like, I could just blow out something. I probably should have prepared a little more because this is the type of question you don't want to just like. I mean, I'll just give it, one. give us the bangers. Yeah. Kindness. 
Yeah, that's for sure, like, wrapped in mind, too. Like, a prioritization. And then definitely of the kind of kindness that is substantive, like, like Vincent has mentioned, like, you know, has come up on this season. Definitely, like, truth, like, uh, prioritization. And not with a limited idea of what that can be. Like, and with a, with a mindset about it that my understanding of what truth is will evolve you know but there definitely is something there to at least shoot for you know what I mean even if it continues to evolve and change like my best understanding of it and understanding I won't always and I don't always expect that of other people that's impractical but as much as can you know prioritize that um and beauty which again with a very very wide open conception of what that is and it's come up on a lot of our talks, right? How, like, I definitely think a lot of things that we don't typically consider, like, beautiful. Like, when I say beauty, I'm not talking about just aesthetics or even just resonance or um, tonality or, you know, anything you could say for the thing and, and broader metaphorically. I mean, things that are beautiful, I think, tend to be things that... Um, tend to be just about everything actually if you like <laughs> really engage with it yeah 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 all right <laughs> i'm stopping this right uh, here i've been upset. i mean no 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 i've been upset that's, that's authentic I've leslie there ever is one. i've been upset with this part of leslie since season one episode since the pre you're going to address this is authentic leslie, this is authentic leslie if someone cooked a shitty meal there's nothing beautiful about a terrible tasting meal who burned a okay there's nothing well oh my just listen just listen if you actually want to understand this part of me because it's very real to me like the beautiful part is all the other parts than just it the beautiful part is the novel experience of tasting what carrots taste like when they're blackened because you normally wouldn't and maybe there's some reason why the person burnt it and like that's beautiful to engage and like it's 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 just the experience of life like you know, like burnt food can be beautiful because it makes you think about contrast. It makes you think about the chemical reaction that happens on food and like makes you see the color differently. Like it's just, you know, and I don't always walk around like totally engaged that way. But when you do, that is tends to be, you know, how I feel about it. So that's what I, that's my guiding principle, I guess. Truth and beauty with like a good dose of kindness, of just prioritization of those things. Mm-hmm. I'll say mine, but this is one of those things that I've said, and now I'm just starting to hate hearing myself say it. But it is also <laughs> very, it. Be it's the very authentic. Be the change you want to see. Well, Leslie tried to be, and you cursed her out for it. So we'll see how this goes <laughs> when I say it. Yo! <laughs> All right, now, you, you ain't gonna trigger me. Go ahead. <laughs> um. I mean, I've said it before. I think guiding principles are solidarity and mm. like the acknowledgement that no matter how different the contours are of anyone's story compared to mine, that there's this shared greater human story that is all interconnected in some way um, and internalizing that and letting that be a, a, a North star or a guiding star with how I engage with the world and things that are new. And the other one being empathy um like literally empathy but also like empathy um requires you to stop to understand um 
which again kind of interacts with like the idea of solidarity so those two um would be my my north stars i changed my answer be as kind as you possibly can be as often as you possibly can be but when you can't treat motherfuckers the way they deserve to be treated so if you need to snap on somebody you need to yell at somebody you need to you need to like fuck somebody up you need to run somebody's shit in the street when you exhausted all options of kindness you fuck that motherfucker up can't say i agree but i love that that is can't say you agree i've seen you beat the dog shit out of brendan allspock in the parking lot of pizza hut and oh, this, why does this always come up <laughs> <laughs> can't say i always agree can't say i always agree yeah i can't say i agree still but i love that that's your authentic answer <laughs> The next question before Kevin gets triggered some more. Uh, this one's a nice, easy one. Unlimited budget. Where are you vacationing at? But I feel no, like we might have no, had this This is really well worded because they said unlimited budget that could only be spent on vacation. Mm. So they're forcing us to like not be magnanimous and be like, I don't Did we answer this before? No. You mean on this oh. episode or in general? Uh, maybe our last AMA. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, LOL, this is the stumpiest one of them all. <laughs> all right, I'm just going to do gut without overthinking it. My gut immediately took me to the island. So maybe we'll say a nice trip in the Philippines and like an island hop um, for a, a cute month with some friends, get some some cute little houses and boat on over to another island to another cute little house. It's my gut response. Good budget makes me feel like I'm underthinking this or like shooting, like aiming low, but that sounds great to me. Japan. Okay. Kauai. Um, anything specific in japan since you have unlimited budget because that's that's the thing i'm trying to maximize how much money i can spend so if there's one thing i know about the japanese food clothing experience they like like the french with cuisine and the italian with suits the japanese i promise you have found a way to take whatever commodity commodity they have to offer and and refine it to the to one of the most highest levels of sophistication you'll ever see in terms of design in terms of art in terms of beauty in terms of experience in terms of a step so like i know that like you could probably find some of the most expensive shit in the world in japan whether it's like a like a you go to like you go to like a three-star michelin chef sushi chef in japan or you like go to like a fashion designer of a suit in japan or you go on like whatever, like the temple, like the tour. So I, yeah, Japan. Just because I know that, like, not not only in terms of am I am I am I able to spend the most money I can? They can have a lot of expensive shit, but the Japanese, if there's one thing that they're very proud of that I know that they deserve, they can create the some of the highest qualities of shit, whether it's experience, aesthetic, or commodity that, that we've seen in the entire world across multiple spectrums. Like it's fucking unreal. Think of Japanese b-boy dances, like what the like. I don't think there's anywhere else in the world other than American b-boy dancers where you, you you pick another ethnicity and like their b-boy dancers are like it's fucking the sick. Koreans are to come jump you for saying that. Man, the Koreans know what's good. The Japanese are top. I'm sick of this shit. The Japanese are top of high record, man. Japanese got that shit down. I'm Korean. Just be clear. I'm fucking Korean. I recognize real, recognize real. Right? Top of the hierarchy. So mine 
would probably be not the thing is there are other like really fun like yeah friend trips and stuff like that i would want to take but if it's like okay i have unlimited budget probably the thing that would closest align with again inner priorities would be like going to korea and because i would have an unlimited budget just being able to like just honestly like visit all of my family like spend enough time with them to actually like not just like say hi after you know last time i saw my family in korea was 2005 um yeah so like i would love to see all my family and then retrace a lot of all the stories i've heard from my dad um and then just like experience a lot of the other stuff like Jeju island like just um that i didn't get to see like i've only been once in 2005 so with an unlimited budget i just feel like i could like do it my way and i would specifically want to go by myself because it'd be super fun to go like with my siblings for example but just like for how I process, it would just be really special to be able to have an unlimited budget and go by myself. That way I could really like have my internal world and really fully process as I was going through it. So yeah, that would be my vacation. And it would tie into a children's, one of my children's book ideas that I really want to write, but I don't want to write or I don't want to make until I go back to Korea as an adult. Cause that feels like an important part of the process. Hell yeah yeah um my turn Mm, kevin's turn if you could choose the setting and events of a lucid dream what Mm. would you explore shout out to my sister elise for asking this excellent question this would be someone related to you man we really need to have Lisa on the podcast i need to wheedle her into it she's such a dope person like she's got a beautiful mind set it up Um, i would either oh sorry it was yours (laughs) but i do have an answer if you're still thinking kevin uh see if i can show this picture it says the stunning mystic mountain in the Carina Nebula, a three light, a three light year tall pillar of gas, dust, and newborn stars captured by Hubble. See if you can, if you're on, if you're on, if you're listening, you can like go to YouTube and see a three light year tall. I, I, I challenge anyone to go Google three light years of actual years. And when you realize how long it would take to travel up that mountain, we can see it in like this, the, the image of, yeah, I would want to go see like one of these huge fucking galaxy clouds in space that are like it looks like a storm happened it's it's the most majestic shit i've ever seen in my entire something like that in a lucid dream would be fucking lit um i would either go into a black hole so it's cool that you also did space but in the lucid dream you know i would be able ah, to, okay. yeah like in the lucid yeah. dream i'd be able to be able to look around and see what's happening or i would like go down to the just since i'm clearly on quantum physics shit like i would go down to the quantum physics level and like around there and see what's happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i love that, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh um i can't i feel like my first thought is to actually it's not as like adventurous but go to some of like my old reoccurring dreams and then lucid dream and then actually like consciously explore it so I, the only two i can think of one is like 
this field outside my old middle school that like conveniently turns into a different type of school depending on the dream like sometimes it's like college or something but i can still picture the setting pretty well um and it's also the spot in which i flew in my dream last winter for the first time and i remember how that felt um that was pretty intense and the other one i don't i mean it'd be kind of cool this is me but it's the setting of a reincurring like uh nightmare that i used to have um that's also still very explicit in my you memories go back to a nightmare <laughs> it doesn't the setting doesn't really scare me anymore so it'd be cool to go back as an adult not scared and like just wander it's it's old it's supposed to be the basement to my first like my childhood house in Fayetteville um but it's not I mean it definitely isn't exactly the basement of it but that's what it's supposed to be and I remember what it looks like it'd be cool to kind of explore see what's hidden up in there dope actually and that's like perfectly on brand with your vibes. <laughs> um, next question is, we're getting to the end, guys. Most surprising thing you learned about yourself recently? Hello. Um, It, I guess it's not like one thing, but like I referenced either in this episode or the episode before it, because they're all recorded on the same day, guys, um, is just <sighs> like surprising myself. I get surprised by like people really close to me, but then it's like, yeah, so then the part that's surprising about myself is like, oh, wow, I had such a like limited conception or expectation. So I guess like surprised by how limited my own schemas for intaking information can be and are you know in mm -hmm. in like continually realized ways hmm. so per our last episode if y'all can't think of anything that surprised you about yourself recently oh. you're not engaging with yourself <laughs> enough <laughs> uh. yeah, this is hard kevin um man it has to do with like like I, I maybe forgiveness and kindness are interconnected but like that's that hasn't been the natural disposition of my personhood for the first 26 to 28 years of my life and just something about <laughs> you said what you know, i guess you're almost 30 as you keep referencing um but uh i i i I was studying, I, I, I pay attention to men in the thirties and the early thirties in, in terms of things that I don't see in myself that I go, man, where is this coming from? And when is this going to happen for me? And when, like, in terms of like holistic development. Um, and so the most surprising thing was like somewhere, some, somewhere around this age, 29, 30, getting close to that age that I always wondered about with, with, with men getting into that age like this greater level of like empathy and kindness and slow and patience and like ability to forgive and to let go and to like realize life is not as like, you know, gritting, like sinking your teeth into something and going, no, like, like I was wrong. They were wrong. like realizing like, man, I, there, if I admit that I'm wrong, there's a greater capacity for kindness and forgiveness in me than I thought possible. So that, that's kind of like the most surprising mm -hmm. thing I think stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll begrudgingly settle on this. Um, 
I think what's surprising is how the skill of small talk and the casual conversation, how easily that skill gets rusty. And this might be tied into me hating everything that I say, but I <laughs> definitely feel like that's something that I generally would be very good at. And I feel that that is very much not the case for a confluence of reasons. One might be the pandemic, but the other one just me. <laughs> but that's that's surprising. It's a muscle. <laughs> Knowing how to talk to people, but it's making small talk, making friends. It's a muscle that can get flabby relatively quickly. You know what's so interesting about that is I have noticed in myself recently, I've been like, now that you know things are opening back up and more people are vaccinated, like I have been like sort of in those situations where I'm making new friends and like meeting people. And I've been like, oh wow, like I just feel supercharged. Like it's actually been ironically even though i kind of hate everything i say too lately too just the 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 beginnings of like oh there's a new person let's bump bum 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 see you know like let's kind of bounce around it's like oh i'm so charged up from like a year of isolation <laughs> like ready to go <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> but... oh yeah well i'm gonna soak that in this is like can't relate <laughs> can't relate but i would love to relate <laughs> If you got to send a message to your younger self, what would it be and to what age would it go? Ooh. I just didn't therapy recently, so happy to go first. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, except I don't know what age. Let's say I want to do this young, but young enough where I can actually understand this. So uh, let's say 10-year-old me. I would say to engage with the world around you and engage with it fully without pretense, without hesitation. Mm. Not, not 10 year old Vince was discreet and, sh- and, and what's the word? Like not bashful. Ah, I can't think of the word, but not little, not 10 year old Vince was discreet. Yo, you, ex- you engaging with the world. Now you all kinds of engage. <laughs> oh! <laughs> No, 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 no. Now, to give more context to you, I definitely engaged with the world in particular ways, but to engage completely in a way that's messy, engaging in ways that I like could even say it now, like I shouldn't be doing, but like just engaging indiscriminately. Yeah, okay, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Like maybe I kind of do now, but even then, I, there's room for more. Yeah, I feel that. Leslie. (laughs) I would tell my five-year-old self that human sexuality is beautiful and delightful and literally part of what it means to be human. Mm. Like sexuality is not a separate divorce, let alone ever bad thing. It's not bad. It is literally part of what it means to be human. Period. Period. I would tell myself at 16 years old, it's going to get darker than you could ever imagine. And, 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 And no one's fucking coming to save you. So if you don't learn how to love and to become light and to create light, 
like this whole pouty mm-hmm. to yourself introverted horse shit that you think is like cool and 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 like what the fuck ever like that too cool for school head ass shit life is going to cave in on you and you're and, and it's gonna it's gonna become fucking like not miserable is not the right word it's going to become detrimental to your life so like literally and metaphorically detrimental to your livelihood so mm-hmm. it's going to get dark and you you need to now start finding ways to cultivate light and love and forgiveness and kind of like mm-hmm. but like yeah yeah I would, i'd find myself at 16 be like listen this whole too cool for school act not that shit the fuck off love people invite love for people because like all that should become love for people mm. Mm. come through become light and create light <laughs> what art are you going to make next? Oh yes, OnlyFans, <laughs> which is a motherfucking art. So, period. Would you guys consider? <laughs> would you guys consider <laughs> porn art? Dog, I got a pastor. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll jump. To, I'll say my answer is yes, but we'll we'll stop it there. Sorry, I didn't. I forgot that. <laughs> Who's listening? I, I we'll say that I, for another time. I can either I can <laughs> I can either avoid a conversation to be honest. I, I can't do both. Well, All right, fair. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You listen to this our whole this, this will be the one that he just decides to pop in on the road. He listened to our whole deconstruction episode and then gave me his feedback. Oh shit. I'll be so curious to hear what he says. What he said about that. I'd be curious to hear the unfiltered like to you another christian what he said about it not that i'm looking to judge but i would i feel like that would be the most authentic response and i'd be curious like authentically like how that was processed i'm not looking to like change his mind or anything literally the main thing he said was i didn't i didn't hear either of them say anything about having a problem with jesus it was with church and with christians and i was like i think you're right Mm. the idea in the person of jesus i was like i didn't hear anything out their mouths about and i was like yeah you're right which I think both of you said in that episode, like when you look at the life and the person, it's just like, yeah, this is, I mean, the, the things seem pretty cool. It's just when you get to all the fuckery and the horseshit of <laughs> the people, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That was that was literally the gist. He was like, huh? And he was like, you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily hear pushback on this on this person. It was just these people. I was like, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But anyway, yeah. That would open up too long of a... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I have many a thought, but that's actually pretty interesting to hear. Yeah, it is interesting. Hmm. But what art are you going to make next, Kevin? Yeah, a poem. Um, uh, A relationship. Um, A failed... Re- um, <laughs> um, a relationship, please. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, 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 I want to, and Vince, is actually, Vince actually mentored me recently through not doing that, and he was right. Um. And he's been mentoring me through mm. that, and he's right. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're no, you're right. Like I, it was, it was literally. I didn't want to do it, and everything in my fiber said, "Don't do it that way." And then I got to the other side of things, and I was like, "If I didn't listen to Vince, I would be in a in a in a miserable situation right now. I'd be in a fucking miserable situation." Um, what I'm gonna make next? Poetry, nothing but poetry until I am the most richest, disgustingly powerful person in the world because of poetry. Try till die. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most <laughs> ominous <laughs> framing of and, and i'm and i'm, I'm going to forgive and i'm not going to forget anyone who wronged me along the way <laughs> so <laughs> ominous <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
for me, I just don't fucking know. Like I said multiple times. Oh, come on. I just, I need some space to figure out. I just don't like anything. Let's do this. What's the last thing? What's the last thing you created? Um, I was chewing on some thoughts because I I made a little uh, sub stack to do some writing, which I put up my the transcript from my video. So I had some thoughts around uh, like writing around like what the fuck does common sense mean? Some thoughts I've been chewing on as it relates to uh, queerness, like what the fuck does queer mean? Basically, just things like concepts that I've never really given too much thought to. Um, but I'm kind of frozen just because the thoughts that I feel like I'm synthesizing, I just hate it all. <laughs> so content for video essays. Uh, I, I won't make videos out of them, but I, I do want to habitualize actually writing. So I would just put, uh, put them up as writing. Oh shit. Okay. Just normal essays. But fuck with it. Okay. Um, my, my next thing will probably be the piece of writing I'm working on now which will be like, I guess you would call it, I mean, hopefully it'll end up being like a chapter in a larger work of like, what is either a book or, I don't think you would call it a collection of essays or a collection of short works. It would probably be like a book that doesn't have a standard narrative trajectory. So a a chapter or content within a children's book or are you writing a different style? No, no, the, like what I was referencing with like wanting to create like a longer work that would be like just for adults. I mean, kids oh, could shit. read it, but yeah, not, yeah. Okay, fiction, fiction. Yeah, I suppose it'd be if you grouped in that category. Yep. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Let me find out, put it on Instagram. Well, uh, I sent you the, the work that I'm kind of making it in conversation with. I'll take that as a piece for me to put it on Instagram. Y'all, Leslie wanted me to share. Think about yeah, 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 yeah. It, man, maybe I should start sharing my writing. I don't know. We'll see. Substack. Okay. Um, we're almost to the end. These are some heavy ass questions. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Ooh, our final one. <laughs> final two. Wait, I think we're down to one, right? It's basically this. It's like a comma. So uh, a comma. True, true. All right, fair enough. Who is it? Who's supposed to read it? Is it me? I read the last one. It can be you. I'm going to go back through and make sure we didn't miss any other questions. How do you define happiness? How do you define fulfillment? I feel like I don't have an urge to define happiness. Like It feels like one of mm-hmm. those things like why pin a butterfly to a cork board? You know, like if you want to enjoy a butterfly's beauty, the best way is to see it in motion and see it enjoying a flower and then see it fly away. Like if you, and I'm actually saying this is a direct remaining guilt from something I actually did do when I was a kid. I think I've told Vincent, I don't know if I've ever told you, Kevin, but like when I was a kid, not really understanding that I was killing them, I would catch butterflies and tape them to a piece of paper. And I had the paper on my wall. Like I didn't even pin them. Basically, yes, I just didn't understand. And you know, I saw something beautiful, and I, I taped them to paper in rows. And in the same way that I'm like, oh, actually, that's obviously not the right way to enjoy a butterfly. I just don't want to define happiness. And as far as fulfillment, um, that would just take a while. I don't know. I'd have to really think. 
I wouldn't feel comfortable. Sorry if whoever gave this question, it's the last one. So I'm getting <laughs> the, the steam has ran oh, its God. course. This is where Kevin shines. I got you. Hold on. Uh, go, 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 go. So there was this famous fashion designer who once said, um, the, like the best outfit or the most fashionable outfit is one where you can put it on and forget what you're wearing. And it was such a profound statement because it was like, yeah, even if it's something looks good or fancy and you're always like self con it's like, man, the greatest outfit is when you put on and it's, it's just so freeing and so liberal. Like you just forget, you just enjoy, you're able to be you. And so I think with happiness, like there's um, a, a, a poet, a spoken word artist who said, I think I'm ready to be here. Like it was on a concept of being present in the moment, like whatever that moment is in life. And he said, I think I'm ready to be here now. And I think happiness is like that. Happiness, I think happiness is any moment where you don't have to think about happiness. You're just here now. And you're not on the past. You're not on the future. You're just, it's like this flow. It's not even flow state, but it's like, it's just this ease of access of life, of stillness, of you're able to be there then here now i think that for me is happiness when when you just uninhibit you're just in that moment for that moment uninhibited free liberated that's beautiful so beautiful yeah, yeah me too not big 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 yeah me too <laughs> um I like that, like being pulled into the present. And I think like in addition, like present, like in the now, but like an active engagement with the now, not just like a erasure of thinking about yesterday or tomorrow, but being in the now and then wandering in the now. I feel like that that's like being pulled in that direction is being happy. Like that that's happiness pulling you towards that. Not that you being happy embodies that necessarily, but that's what you're that's you're that's like where gravity is pushing you towards, and that's happiness. Yeah. Fulfillment. Ugh. Girl, yeah. when I when I get fulfilled, I'll let you know. I'll define it. <laughs> Until then, never heard of it. <laughs> the that's fuck? The, that's real shit. Hey. <laughs> I don't think any. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think the three of us, any of us, are fulfilled. But Leslie actually might be. I don't. I don't know. Oh, Leslie might be. No, I mean. I find fulfillment doing these podcasts with y'all, oh. which means oh, look at this lying to us again. Jesus, he lying again. again. I'm not saying I'm embodying fulfillment. Far from it. But I guess I can't define fulfillment without. I'm actually defining like things that fulfill me, but not defining fulfillment itself. That's hard well, to define. Why does doing this podcast fulfill you? Uh, I think anytime you're creating something, there's like a sense of fulfillment. And I think in the case of this, creating something like intimately with people you really care about is incredibly oh. fulfilling. But again, I know that's not really defining fulfillment, but that, this is just like a vehicle. This pod is a vehicle for that. I agree with that. And I'll add in one thing I could say again. Yeah. Like one piece, I can't define the whole thing, but I do think fulfillment has something to do with the greater population. It's like, can you really ever be fulfilled if like everyone isn't at some level of like being okay? 
you know. Leslie just shit all over Vince's podcast. No, I didn't at all. I'm saying like that's like a pe- <laughs> yes, oh, yes. I mean, that just sounds so combative. I'm just saying like mm. it's a pe- like, you know, can any I mean, I guess you can. In and part. I don't mean to sound overly like saintly. It's not like an it's just but just, I don't think I could feel ever like truly peace or happy if like you know, mm. like the the greater of humanity wasn't at least moving toward like I could never be fulfilled only pursuing things just for me. I mean, yes, totally. And this will not be a short conversation. So I'll just say yes, totally and leave it at that. But yes, and I have thoughts, i.e. my current conception of spirituality, maybe season three. Mm. Not these cliffhangers. <laughs> it's just it, it's a uh, that'd also, be a long conversation apologies that we never hit some of the topics we said we were going to hit in season two specifically like we said we we're going to talk about gender um that was actually explicitly me yeah, i think who kind of put the brakes on because i just felt unprepared to do what i felt would be justice from my piece of it i didn't just want to sit here and be silent you know while we're discussing it so maybe mm-hmm. season two, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> kevin what oh i guess i guess i mean me and vincent gave one little piece of like maybe what's part of fulfillment oh happiness engagement so happiness is when you're able to be here now fulfillment for me is when you're engaged with something meaningful Mm. it's i don't think yeah i don't think i don't think and for and to to clarify i don't ever look at i don't i don't like the term fulfillment with a t at the end because it's weird to like right fulfillment that's what so, <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I think like, I, I think you you can step into a moment of feeling fulfilled and then when it's passed, like you're not, I was, um, so yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's subjective to every person, but when any person feel like what Vince was saying with this podcast, and then you ask why, and it's cause like, it's something me, I think for specific relative to each person, when they're engaged in the moment with something meaningful to them that is a sensation of of being fulfilled also maybe like loving and being loved yeah but if it's being able to love and being able to be loved probably is a bit i guess that that explains why fans don't feel fulfilled and what I well, we I, all said we didn't feel the bills. I love and feel loved, <laughs> but not that one special love. On that note, we said we were gonna do like a 25 wrap minute. it up. <laughs> and y'all two walked in here with 10 of the dents. I said we literally, should blow through them. Literally, Vincent's the one who's like, oh, let's just see. Literally, literally, each of these questions could have been a bottomless episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, these were such dense questions. Who, why did we let these people write questions? <laughs> it is our audience, which is actually an honor that our audience is so engaged that they're asking such engaging yeah. questions. Now I want to go back and watch the first AMA because I feel like it wasn't this meaty. That's because we I were the ones that came up with the question for our first We AMA. asked ourselves <laughs> anything. <laughs> Thank you all for these questions. They're definitely very stimulating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. 
Well, thank you for listening to the to Bottomless the podcast. podcast. You can you find, find us, us on um, all major platforms and Instagram. Spotify. Oh, wait, wait. We'll sing it again. Don't worry. There was there was a time at Leslie's house and we were all wait. Hold your mic, Kevin. There was a there was a time at Leslie's house when we were all like sixteen years old, and I think Leslie thought she knew what singing was, and so Vince started to sing, and Vince said harmonize, and Leslie said okay. So Vince hit a tone, and (laughs) Leslie didn't know what the harmony tone was supposed to be, and she hit a tone, and Vince went and looked at her and was like, no, 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 never mind. (laughs) There were so many moments like that when we're all sixteen. To be honest. (laughs) <laughs> but see there's a beauty in dissonance i can i, I can no 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 i can oh. picture that so vividly Same, like so both me going uh, and both leslie getting into singing and just <laughs> coming was, from Les- a- oh leslie was feeling it until you said uh, like i you, i'm sure she was she knew she hit that note <laughs> oh he said this is my moment and then i can crash <laughs> oh. down i'm ready for my close-up <laughs> oh well. my gosh all right. Well, All right. thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thank you guys.